Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes. And I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to the Engaging Missions Radio Show. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Radio Show, your home for inspiration and encouragement from missionaries around the world. Join us each week to hear what God is doing and to learn how you can be involved wherever you are in whatever God has called you to do. Whether you're a full-time missionary or are called into the marketplace, you have a home here. We're all in this together. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to the Engaging Missions online radio show, episode three. The show notes for today's interview will be available at engagingmissions.com slash Autumn Kerr, and Kerr is K-E-R-R. I'm really happy to have Autumn Kerr here with me today. Autumn is the Executive Director for Visiting Orphans, a Nashville-based organization that leads missions trips to orphanages around the world to aid orphans in their distress. They currently partner with ministries in 12 countries and coordinate trips for churches, schools, and other organizations. Okay, Autumn, I've given a little introduction. Now, why don't you just take a minute, tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry. We want to get to know you personally. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me, first of all. Um, Yeah, um, I've been with Visiting Orphans about four years now. I've been the director two years. Um, And like you said, we send short-term trips around the world. Um, We partner with orphanages, but we also um, partner with ministries that are helping to keep families together so children don't end up in orphanages. Um, And so we have a wide variety of ministries that we're partnering with now um, that are doing a lot of different things, a lot of really neat things in communities and with families. And some of them are even, you know, medical related um, with prevention of malaria or uh, various things. And so um, we do still work in orphanages um, and we send teams in to go love on the kids, provide um, help and assistance um, with just giving some relief for the caregivers as well as um, just loving on the kids and sharing Jesus with them. That's great. Now that we know a little bit about you, would you share with us uh, a scripture or a motivational quote that's really been meaningful to you and then share with us how that scripture or quote has really shaped your behavior? Sure. Um, yeah, my favorite scripture personally has been for a while, uh, James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Actually, there was a Beth Moore study one time where she said, that's nobody's favorite scripture. And I laughed because I'm like, actually, it's mine. <laughs> um, I've always, I, you know, I had a, um, personally had a challenging childhood and um, upbringing. And um, I've always just seen that everything difficult in life can be an opportunity for growth um, and for God to make you mature and complete. And um, he is the redeemer, so he can work all things together for good. So that's another one of my favorite scriptures. 
Um, and so that one is anytime I'm going through something difficult, um, whether it be in ministry, because there's always going to be difficult things that come up in ministry, um, or any time in life, really. I mean, that's just the world that we're in. But that's just a scripture that I hold tight to, to just, not that I'm experiencing joy in the moment when I'm going through something hard, but it, it comes into my mind of just remember that in the grand scheme of things, this is joy because it's an opportunity for God to change you and grow you and make you mature um, and complete. I was going to ask you to share a story, but that's actually just the perfect lead into the next question, which is, um, you know, we know that not everybody's life is always perfect, that things, um, things can get rough. So as we get started, I'd like to hear about a, a time in your journey when you encountered significant challenge or a failure, a time when you really had to dig deep to overcome something. Take us to that time in your life and then share with us your story and the lessons learned. In 2009, I was working at an ad agency and um, we all lost our job and we had no idea it was coming. The company went under. We found out that day that it was our last day and our they, were, they said our insurance ended the next day. And so it was definitely a moment where you could totally panic um, and kind of freak out and be like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? But I just felt this overwhelming sense of peace that God was going to do something really cool with that. Um, for about two years leading up to that, I had been feeling a call to ministry, but didn't really know what that would look like or how I would get into that. Um, and so I really was kind of just watching for how God was going to use that opportunity for me because I didn't have a job, um, what what he was going to do to open the doors. And it wasn't too long after, probably a couple of weeks later, that I started helping out with visiting orphans um, just a few hours a week with some administrative stuff. Um, and then within a few months, I was a coordinator. A year later, I was a manager. A couple years later, I was the director, which obviously I didn't see that one coming. So um, it's just, it was neat how God provided in between before, from the time that I lost the job to when I had a full-time job again, just all the neat ways that God used his people to provide crazy random things. I actually wrote them all down, but one day I came home and there was just like a little note on the door with my initials and it had 20 bucks in it. I still, to this day, don't know who that was from. And I mean, just all kinds of little things. My friends threw me a birthday party and they all, instead of giving gifts or not that we normally do that, but they all gave me like an envelope full of cash of just to bless me because they knew that I was in the season of not having a full-time job. And so it was really just neat how God provided and then ended up launching me into something that I was really passionate about and been wanting to get into anyway through something that could have seemed like a bad thing. Oh, that's that's great to hear that story of um, you know the challenge, the the surprise, and then the way God provided and really transformed things and put you in a place where He had definitely prepared you for that. Um, with that, I'd like to move to a story of another time when God really came through. Uh, whether it was a time when your back was against the wall and you needed a breakthrough or whether you were praying for or hoping for someone else. Can you paint us a picture of God's faithfulness? When I was, uh, I adopted a little boy from Ethiopia about a year and a half ago. I met him on one of our uh, visiting orphans trips um, in 2011. And um, it was a pre-identified adoption. And so um, it happened to be one of the very few orphanages that we were working with at the time that did adoptions he happened to not already be in process with another family and we kind of 
clung to me as if he knew me. And I had already been praying about whether I would adopt as a single um, person. And so when I met him, it was kind of like, wow, um, maybe I'll pursue this. And so when I came home, I found an agency right away that was already doing adoptions there, was willing to work with me. And so doors just started opening and God started providing like abundantly provision wise that never was a concern or worry. And of course I had learned through the whole thing with my job several years earlier that God provides. And so that was peaceful again in that whole realm. But what wasn't as easy was there was just some circumstances going on in, in Ethiopia where he was from that were causing a lot of delays. And there was a lot of unknown as to whether or not he would really truly be able to come home. Um, and so there was about an eight, eight month period where I did not have any good news or not necessarily bad news of a closed door, but just the waiting of not knowing is this director at this orphanage going to ever finish his paperwork? What is going on? And it just felt really kind of hopeless at times. Um, we had some teams going over there. Some of our staff members went and they visited and checked in on him. And this, the conditions at the orphanage had kind of gotten really bad in the time since I had been there. Um, and so there, there was just this feeling of, oh, my gosh, I can't do anything. I'm stuck here. I can't go get him. I can't bring him home. I don't know if he's eating every day, three meals or food. I don't know if he's getting his diaper changed. Like, I don't know what kind of care he's giving because what the updates I was getting were not sounding very promising. And so, I mean, myself and our staff, um, we do life together. It's a small team and we're like family and we were on our face in the prayer room praying that kid home. And I feel like God just moved a lot of mountains. Um, my, one of my coworkers was there um, in May of 2012 and her entire team prayed over that entire orphanage prayed over him, prayed over all the caregivers. And it was literally a month later that the orphanage director left the country, a new person took over, finished the paperwork. And then like two months later, I'm there and had court and brought him home three months after that. So it's like, it felt like through those prayers and just all that intercession that was happening, that that just really blew the door open for him to finally get to come home. And so I'm really thankful to that team that prayed over him and all those caregivers and just all the prayer team that I had here and our amazing staff who was just praying with me to get him home. And so that was, that's where I saw God work for sure. He moved some major mountains to make that happen. All right, Autumn, thank you so much. Now we're moving to the, to the other end of the spectrum. Just as we have challenges, there are those times when we have moments of revelation. Share with us a story of a time in your journey when that happened. Take us to that moment and then share us share with us the steps you took to turn that light bulb moment into success. I would say that in 2007, when I went on my very first mission trip with Compassion International to visit my sponsored child was kind of that aha, life-changing moment for me. I'd never been on missions, honestly had never even felt called to missions or even a desire to go. Um, I read the book, um, Purpose Driven Life, and there was that chapter where it talks about just ask God where he would send you. So I prayed that prayer, and the next morning got an email from Compassion that they were doing a sponsor trip to the country where my child was from that I sponsor, which was the Philippines, and that they hadn't done one there for like four years. And so it was kind of like, okay, God, you're answering. I literally got that the next day. Um, so I went on the trip. Didn't really know what to expect. I think there was a lot of fear there just having not traveled internationally before. But you know what? God showed up and the joy that I saw in the midst of poverty, um, I felt like I came home feeling like I was the one that was touched more than the people that we visited and that I just had a whole new world perspective of 
just that I think in America, oftentimes we think we feel bad for people that are in poverty unless we've been there and we see the joy because they really get the gospel way more than we do oftentimes um, just because they don't have all these material things to, to distract them like we do here. And so I really felt like God just really spoke to me through just the joy that the, the people that we got to meet and interact with there that, you know, we're, they're not, we don't need to feel sorry for them. Like they, they have more joy than I ever dreamed of having at the time. And, um, and so I feel like when I came home, I just was so on fire for missions and so excited about when am I going to go again? And, you know, I just, I want to do more. And so I started volunteering with compassion and became an advocate and learning more about what they do. And then I got involved with visiting orphans and I was scheduled to lead a trip with visiting orphans and then ended up doing some, that was right around the time when I lost my other job. And so I ended up doing some part-time work for, for visiting orphans. And it kind of just, that trip was kind of that pivotal moment of, wow, that's just a whole nother realm that I've never thought about that God just really called me into a whole nother season of my life of just that I've called you to do, um, is to go and to love on kids and to just, um, be about missions. Wow. Thank you for sharing that story. Now I'd like to move to the present day. I'd like to hear what's going on in your ministry. What's one thing that's really exciting you in your ministry right now? There's a lot of things. Um, you know, I'm really excited that we've taken this last year and a half to two years to kind of, um, step back. We grew really fast. And so we kind of were, it was kind of like a, a race to keep up with the growth, you know? And so this past year and a half, um, we've just really stepped back and just reevaluated every single thing that we do. Um, and we've changed a lot of things. And so that's been really exciting because we really sought God in prayer on that, on what, what would he have us continue to do? What would he have us change? What would he have, what kind of ministries would he have us partnering with? And so, um, one of the really cool things that I'm really excited about is that our teams have been doing something called a discipleship journey, which is a workbook and video series, um, that a guy here in Nashville named Dave Buring created, and he's kind of been mentoring um, us as a staff. Um, and he created this study that's, it's not specific to missions or orphans, but it's just a discipleship study that really we're all called to be disciples. And when we take our teams, they're coming for the first time meeting each other, not not being like already knowing each other for the most part. Um, and so we wanted to have some um, common language, some common teaching that they would have all gone through on the front end. Um, and, and help build unity that way. And so um, it's really been neat. It's been neat to hear some of the testimonies of the team members who've gone through that together and who've, I mean, they go on this trip and they don't know everybody, but when they come home, they're like family. And it's been really neat to see um, how God's used these team members who who are willing to go and go with a whole group of strangers, you know. And um, the discipleship element just really it kind of goes back to what we're all about is that it's all God, you know, God is, is growing visiting orphans. God is in all the details and we want to be all about seeking him and what does he have for us. And so we feel like the very first part of prepping, prepping for a trip needs to be spiritual preparation. And so that's why we've incorporated that into our pre-trip preparation. So that's probably one of the things I'm the most excited about. Thank you. If someone was thinking about going on a missions trip, what would be something that you have coming up that might be interesting to them? And uh, how would they get involved in that? About 45 trips on the website for this year already. Um, And so 
our website is really the best way to find out about each trip because they're all a little different. And some are going to several ministries. Some are spending the whole time at one. Um, and so the best way to find out is to go to visitingorphans.org. And on the home page of our website, there's a thing that said at the bottom middle, it says, click on here for a list of all our trips. And literally, there's a list of all the trips in calendar format, or you can do it in list format. And then you click on a trip and it tells you everything you would ever want to know about that trip. We have some June trips that um, we are still taking signups for. We have some, a bunch in July, August, throughout the rest of the year. Um, and so if it's still on there and you're still able to sign up, then that means that we haven't closed the trip and there's still space available and we'd love to have, um, more people join us. Okay. And the website is visitingorphans.org? Yes. All right. Mm -hmm. And we'll make sure and link that up also in the show notes for anybody that might be interested. I'm sure that there are some people who are listening who are already supporting missionaries financially and in prayer, but they want to do more. If they really wanted to level up their game, what's one thing they could do to encourage or support a missionary? You can speak up for those that you that you believe in the work that they're doing. And so I feel like advocating for other missionaries or ministries is a huge way to go farther with that. Um, I know, like I mentioned with compassion, like that's what I started doing. Like I had sponsored a few kids, but I, you know, I can only sponsor so many personally, but I started becoming an advocate. And so I started speaking up about trying to get them sponsored by other people. So I would just say that sharing it with other people, you know, through Facebook and Twitter and, and through the people that you know, maybe even, you know, getting your church involved to be able to do a booth or something to really advocate for those people that you really believe in the work they're doing. Sharing stories of what they are doing, um, that's huge because that can spread the reach so much farther. Thanks, Autumn. That's that's great. And that's the perfect lead into our next section, which is the speed round. That's where I get to ask you a series of questions. You come back with your amazing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Sure. <laughs> I'll try. What's the best advice you've ever received? Um, I think the best advice I've received, especially in ministry, has been early on in my um, the church that I go to. I feel like they did some really great um, teachings, and there's just been a lot of topic about not saying yes to everything. I think that's been huge. Because I think in ministry, when you're getting asked, or even at your church, you do one thing, then you might start getting asked for other things. And they're all good things, but that doesn't mean that God has called them you to all of them. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to get burnt out if you do every single thing that you've been asked. And I, I'm so thankful that someone ingrained that in me early on because I have been able to say no to a lot of things and not feel guilty about it. But just to be honest with people when they ask me, like, hey, can you volunteer for this? Or, hey, can you help with this? Like, if I know that that's not something God's called me to, and I can't give 100% to it, to just be okay with saying no. Um, so I feel like that has been huge. What's one meaningful thing that someone did to encourage, support, or help you? That's a hard one, because I think almost every day somebody does something to encourage, support, or help me. Um, I mean, there was hundreds of people who, who did that specifically during my adoption process. And I have a tree that I painted in my son's room that has like hundreds of leaves on it. And on the leaves have names of people who donated to help bring him home. And some of them I don't even know. So I think when I think of people who've supported or helped or been encouraging to me, I just think of all those people that got on board with helping bring him home and our staff as well and how much of a family we feel like and how helpful they have been to just 
do life with me. I don't know if that's quite as specific of an answer as you want, but it's hard for me to just pinpoint one person. <laughs> that's a very powerful thing, especially the, the image of a tree with hundreds of leaves on it, letting your son know how many people cared enough to help. Yeah. That's a big deal. Can you share with us one of your personal habits that you strongly believe contributes to your success? Yeah. One of the things that um, is a personal habit of mine is just being honest and being honest in the struggles and not being afraid to ask for help. Um, I, I blog about parenting because I'm a single mom and I adopted a child. So there's all kinds of things that I'm learning for the first time. And so I'm being, I'm trying to be as real and honest as as possible about the challenges of that so that it can hopefully encourage other people who are going through that because, um, I just, I think there's just no need to put on a persona or to pretend like everything's perfect because nobody's life is. And so I just, I'm just really big on being real and, and honest. Um, I don't air every single, you know, little detail, but I, you know, I do want people to understand that, you know, it's hard. Adoption's hard. Working in ministry is hard. Um, it's been more beneficial to other people if you're honest and real and also not being afraid to ask for help because it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a lot of people to run a ministry. And so to, to be willing to say when you don't know the answer to something or you, you need help, I think that's huge. And, and so many people and me in the past haven't really been very good at that. But I've gotten much better at it now that I'm a mom because I have to ask for help. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. My wife and I have two children, and it's a super big challenge. I don't know, I don't know that either of us could do it alone. So that's kudos to you and to everybody that's doing that like you are. Yeah, I think the key is that I don't feel like I'm doing it alone and that it's, I have this huge supportive village behind me of people that is is helping me. Um, and my family doesn't live here, but I have this huge group of friends that do that are just a huge support. And so I think I don't really feel like I'm doing it alone. And I think that that makes all the difference. Do you have an internet resource that you can share with our listeners? Um, well, I have our website, visitingorphans.org. Or if someone's interested in reading my adoption blog, um, it's mysingleadoption.blogspot.com. Um, and so I, I'm pretty real and open and honest on there about parenting and adoption struggles. So <laughs> if anybody's interested in that. I think people will be. What book would you recommend for our listeners? You know, when, you, when I was thinking about that question, there's a lot of books I came to mind. But one that really impacted me was a book called Sun Stand Still by Stephen Furtick. Um, And it's the subtitle of that book is What Happens When You Dare to Ask God for the Impossible. And that was something I read right before um, I brought my son home. And I really feel like some of those huge God-sized prayers that we prayed are really what brought him home. Um, And so that book just really challenged me to not put God in a box and not to just pray these tiny little prayers and not believe that God's bigger. Um, but to really just know that he's, he's the God of the universe. He can, he can do awesome things and we just need to believe and just really seek him and, um, pray big prayers. So that, that was one that I would recommend. The last one's a little bit tricky. So take a minute if you need to and think about it and then come back at us with an answer. Okay. Imagine you woke up tomorrow in a brand new country where you knew nobody. You still have all your experience and knowledge and your family's with you. Your food and shelter are color covered. But all you have is a laptop and $500. What do you do in the next seven days? As long as I didn't feel afraid or anything, I'd love to get to meet new people. And if possible, if there wasn't a language barrier to learn their stories, I'd love to try lots of different new foods. I'd love to take pictures of beautiful scenery. 
I would just like to explore, um, especially if I have my family with me, um, to really just take advantage of the time that we would have in someplace new. Um, that's all provided that it wasn't anything dangerous or scary, <laughs> but, um, that's what I like to do when I'm on, on a vacation is just, just relax, explore, eat good food, <laughs> take in the sights. Now we're almost done. Would you share with us one last piece of advice and then the best way for us to get in touch with you and then we'll say goodbye? If I was going to share one more piece of advice, this is something that's really helped me just know when God is leading me to something. Because I think so often we can really question whether we should take a step forward in life um, in certain areas, whether it be a job or, you know, whatever it is. Um, And just trying to feel like, is God really telling me to do that? Is God really not? I feel like the best way that I've been able to know whether God was in it or not is if there was peace. Um, and so I would say the best piece of advice I would give is go where the peace is, because if you're trying to make a decision about one thing over the other or five different things, it, you just kind of have to put everything else aside and just really take stock of, well, okay, what, what is, where is the peace in this? Like, what is God, when you think about taking this job or this job or, uh, adopting or not, where do you feel the peace? Because I feel like a lot of times in my life, that's how I've determined whether or not I should go through a, an open door or not. Um, because if there's not peace, then for me anyway, that has usually meant that it's not, it, God does not want me to go through that. So I guess that would be the only other advice that I can think of at the moment that I would, I would say is huge for me. Okay. And what's the best way for us to get in touch with you? Uh, the best way would be through, um, either through the Visiting Orphans website, there's a staff bio section, or um, my email, which is autumn, A-U-T-U-M-N dot Kerr, K-E-R-R, at visitingorphans.org. Thank you so much for being with us, Autumn. We really appreciate your time and your generosity. That ends our time with Autumn Kerr, and I have a question for you. Who can you be an advocate for? You can stop by engagingmissions.com slash Kerr and Kerr is K-E-R-R, for notes and links to the Visiting Orphans, Autumn's personal blog, as well as the book and any other resources from today's episode. And if you like this, please subscribe in iTunes and leave us an honest rating and review. Your feedback can help make the show better and help us get it into the hands and ears of more people. It really helps more than you know. Thanks so much for joining us for the Engaging Missions radio show. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week.